Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a weekend recap for everybody. So welcome back. Hope you enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder to watch all of our episodes and interviews on YouTube. You can subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. Lisa, we got to chat about some things. We had to chat about a couple games, even though it was a holiday weekend and there really wasn't supposed to be a ton of NWS action, but there still was some. And of course, there was national team action. How are you doing today? I am good. You're exactly right. There wasn't supposed to be action, but we had a little bit of everything because we had national team stuff, NWSL, uh, domestic soccer in the U.S., and then also a little bit of like international battle between in the Copa and, and Helena and Helena yeah. because of Angel City and the Mexican women's national team that also kicked off Monday of Labor Day but um it's good to be back with you Sandra for sure for sure um I hope everyone found the sun this weekend or the shade and their pumpkins whatever they were looking for <laughs> their shade or their pumpkins I love that so much I um yeah it was a little bit of a mixed bag this weekend there was definitely some sun in Chicago but then there was some some like gloomy rainy days so it was like oh i think God. the perfect yeah. mix of both the perfect mix of like okay like get in that last like summer day but also get ready for for pumpkins as you oh my gosh for <laughs> sure we had gray weather in philly and today it's just downpouring like it's torrential downpours all day it's like pretty gross and, and a mess but um hopefully that clears up pretty soon Hopefully it clears up soon because, um, you know, you're in you're repping the gear right now. You're repping the USWNT gear. 
uh, the team is headed to DC. Uh, hopefully they get some, some decent weather uh, as well because they uh, they're, going to continue or close out really this two game series against Nigeria. Let's talk a little bit about this first match. Uh, United States win the first game in Kansas city four zero in this one. So um, maybe not exactly what we necessarily predicted uh, or maybe perhaps even anticipated. Um, But something else that we noticed in in this game, Lisa, is we saw the uh, the same starting lineup as the CONCACAF W Championship Final versus Canada. So definitely some familiarity in that aspect. I know this was the seventh meeting overall between these two teams, and there has been that familiarity in terms of, like, you know, tightly contested, pretty close matches. There have been, like, mostly narrow scorelines mm-hmm. between these two teams in the past. Um you know, I think the most recent was last year. There was like a three-one win, so like a, maybe a two-goal margin. But we're talking about a four-zero scoreline here. But what were some of your takeaways from from this match? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the history between these two sides, it's it's been tight. And after the U.S. won the Concacaf W Championship, um, we talked about it in our initial preview about what we were <laughs> maybe expecting to get, not expecting to get from this side. Um, but it, when we saw the starting lineups roll out and it was the exact same one as the CONCACAF W championship final, I was not surprised. Like this is yeah. the, this is the team and the 11 players that black Wendonofsky wants to lean on moving forward. And I think that's, that's pretty safe to say at this point. So that's Alyssa Nair in goal, Emily Fox in the left back, Becky Sauerbrunn, Alana Cook. Sophia Huerta along the back line, Andy Sullivan, Lindsey Horan, and Rose Lavelle in the midfield with Mallory Pugh, Alex Morgan, and Sophia Smith in the front line. Um, and, and we've known this. He's talked about these players and, and this 11 and this group, uh, specifically the front line, Pugh, Morgan, and Smith, about how they need to find rhythm, how they need to find space and create. And especially with Horan and Lavelle in the midfield underneath of them, how, how that combination of five players, uh, the two attacking midfielders and the three strikers, the three, four forwards need to really, really play off of each other. So I wasn't that surprised to see this rotation. I know you and I had talked a little bit about Megan Rapino and if she was going to get a start and I said, mm-hmm. no, um, it's just, it's not her time to get starts anymore, but she is going to play a, a role in this team and in this game. And she did, she subs in around the the hour mark, just over the hour mark for black Lenanovsky, where he did make a slew of substitutions. All six subs that were available to him were used in this game. But um, in terms of, of what kind of how this team played and how it rolled out. I was really impressed with how they started fast and furious. It was, we know Nigeria is a team that's going to look to go direct, but how can they challenge the United States? And in the first half, the United States controlled the game, right? A lot of the momentum they had, they were getting shots and opportunities in the opening minutes of this match. And ultimately the goals that did come from this in this four nil loss ended up being, um, a number of them in the first half, right? And then closing out with a PK towards the end of this match. But I think that that fresh, fast, physical start from the United States is something that is really, really positive and a great step in the right direction. Because when you look at like the overall stats of this team, this is this was their 70th game unbeaten at home on U.S. soil in this 4-0 win. Alyssa Nair in goal ended up getting her 50th career shutout. Um, There was just a a lot of positives that came out of this match, and and we can get into it a little bit more, but I'm not at all surprised with the starting lineup that we saw and and impressed with how the U.S. started for sure. 
Yeah, I think maybe if I had to look at a you know a top top three or top 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 five even, um, you know, looking at this game and uh, players who had pretty strong individual performances and you know 100% like contributed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the scoreline contributed to the win. I, th- I think you're obviously looking at the frontline trio of Smith, Morgan, and Pew. I just think that they they were immediate, quite mm-hmm. frankly, like in their impact. Um, and I think maybe extending that to, to a Lindsey Horan or extending that to a Rose Lavelle. Um, just sort of seeing uh, the movement between these five players in particular, uh, watching moments where even somebody like Smith was, was dropping a little bit lower at times. Um, you know, when the deep, when the defensive line was, was more on the ball, just kind of making sure that there were those extra outlets or options. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just good to see because it's just like, this is the time in which we're likely to see more of it, quite frankly, just because of this, this, you know, whatever months long build up to, to the world cup. Um, you want to see these these particular players continue to have these very successful games, even if it is you know this type of uh, of scoreline. I know that there's still going to be you know that unfortunate narrative around this team, right? When you see a scoreline like that, about hey, like are they going to be challenged? You know, quote unquote. I'm using like quotations with that because I you know sometimes I have like. Um, the perceptions around that word for me are like kind of like, you know, kind of tough sometimes because I'm just like, well, I was just like, let's not be disrespectful <laughs> to like the opposition here, you know, because when you're looking at like Nigeria side of things and the history between these two teams, again, it's like we're like, hey, like maybe this is going to be another one of those games where it's like a 2-0. I thought it maybe was going to be like a 2-0, you know, or like a 3-1 and we saw a 4-0. But we're looking at a team that a Nigerian side that's that's coming off of you know, a, a tournament where where they qualified for for their World Cup, made it as semifinalists, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, but they had high ambitions of going and winning the whole thing, but then, you know, being taken to penalties. And coming into a game like this, so both teams coming off of their, like, post-July World Cup excursions, but you have this Nigerian side that, like, had a flurry of injuries, you know? So you, I had yeah. wondered, like, exactly what type of team we're going to see. So when I saw their starting lineup, like, I was excited to see somebody, um, you know, like if Yomana Manu be tabbed with the star to maybe go up against um you know some defenders that she has some f- uh, familiarity with right and playing with uh with the NWSL but you know watching um you know Uchenna Canoe get get uh, a start for Nigeria as well I was like this is a player that can maybe cause a little bit of havoc and I think in that first half she might have been the one Nigerian player who really kind of get got like a good mm-hmm. look uh you know in front of goal I think either about a half hour in and at this point if you're in the United States you're already up like 2-0 it was a tough start for Nigeria and her shot going a bit wide. But I think at this point, like they really, it was really just about maybe getting a look at the net and we didn't maybe see another good, good opportunity until perhaps, uh, you know, that, that second half. And I think maybe when you're looking at the tail of the, of the tape, maybe you're looking at, um, a second half of your Nigeria as something that was, uh, you know, something to work on. Like that's the momentum that maybe you're going to carry into this DC game. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, we're talking about, it's like, okay, it's like, well, it's like they were down three zero 
at halftime and then you're going into the second half and you concede one goal and the and the one goal that's conceded is you know, again we're talking about these this trio of players Mallory Pugh um really good both on and on the off the ball in this match winning dead ball situations one of them was this penalty kick getting fouled in the box and mm-hmm. this is ends up being Alex Morgan's um lone goal uh, of the game it, steps up and, and converts this penalty to give it the four zero scoreline. So I think if you're looking at that, you're saying, okay, went from conceding a bunch of goals in this first half, only conceding in, you know, the one in the, in the second half, just like, are we going to see something different from this Nigeria team in, in this second game? And maybe here's where we transition to DC, Lisa, because we yeah. saw this team already come into this first game dealing with a bit of an injury bug. And then they exited this match with only 10 players because they ran out of subs because of continued injuries. So what are you looking to see out of this next DC game from the United States and Nigeria? I mean, I, you said so much of it. I think the momentum from the second half, of that first game for Nigeria was huge. They played, they pushed players a little bit higher and wider, which put more pressure on the United States back line. So when Nigeria did look to go direct, they had more numbers to compete for that first and second ball. And that put the U.S. under a bit of pressure. So if I'm Nigeria, I'm, I'm leaning onto that and saying, okay, if we can put numbers higher, yes, it exposes us a little bit in the back, but we can create more chances and opportunities. Then it becomes a bit of, um, a transition game in the sense of, of getting back and defending in terms of that. But um, with Nigeria going down a player, I mean, even on the first goal for the U S in that match, Michelle Alozi was off the pitch. She was getting treated for. So Nigeria was at 10 players at that point. I think it, that comes down to coaches management. Like uh, obviously you can't dictate when a player is going to get injured, but if you, if you use all your subs and then you're down, like that doesn't help Nigeria, which is an incredibly strong team. Um, heading into the second match for the United States and Nigeria in DC, um, I'm I don't know about the starting lineup. This is something yeah. I was really thinking about. I was like, is he gonna do the same thing? Which if he does, no surprises. Honestly, yeah. no surprises. We saw um, the rotation in the first game was Margaret Person for Sophia Smith, Megan Rapino in for Pew, Ashley Sanchez in for Haran, and then Haley Mason for Fox, who was playing in Kansas City, um, where she plays for club in the NWSL with the current. So that was not a surprise at all. I was really happy to see Mace get minutes. Um, and then Christy Mios in for Lavelle and Hatch in for Morgan. Um, so if if Black Wynanovsky starts with the same starting 11, I'm not going to be surprised. However, mm-hmm. I think that we could see a little bit of rotation in terms of like Sanchez in for Haran and Mewis in for Lavelle, just like small player rotation, perhaps in that back line as well. Um, I would really like to see Naomi Gurma get minutes. Frankly, I, I want yeah. to see her play 90 in this match yeah. against DC. I think uh, from what Black Wendonofsky has has told us in terms of his actions, it's, it's most likely going to be Becky Sauerbrunn and Alana Cook in that back line, but I just think Gurma is a player that he cannot sleep on, especially in terms of very, very recent form in NWSL play. Gurma has outplayed Cook um, completely with San Diego Wave. And I I want to see her be rewarded for that, get minutes, perhaps get a start in this one. I think we'll see Alyssa Nair still in goal in terms of this game. But um, with – 
in terms of like the goal scoring and how it happened in that first match versus the second half, I think that the United States can build off of that. They found so much success in the wide areas of the pitch, um, whether it was Smith and Pew out wide or Fox and Huerta who had, I think Huerta had a fantastic first game. Can she build upon that? It's, it's now these like individual moments for these players to take what they did particularly well or maybe something they struggled with and looking to build on that consistency or grow from that moment where they were. So I think we saw a great game from Smith. Yes, she notched a brace. She had an assist for the Haran goal, uh, which probably could have had another goal or two. So it's those like – this is the point where this team needs to be incredibly, incredibly nitpicky about – Smith cannot shoot. The The one that's coming to mind is when she was on a, a bit of a breakaway and she shot it right off the post, um, looking to go to that upper 90. Like, yes, yeah, she got in behind. Like, the run was great. The shot was there. She already had two goals and an assist at this point. So, like, no, she doesn't need that goal, but that needs to be finished heading into a World Cup year against England in a month's time from now. That no. goal needs to find the back of the net. And, I'm and- with you. Yeah, like it comes down to nitpicking. And I, I think that Smith is a player that wants to be the best in the world and has that her sights set on that. So this is something that the team needs to work on. Um, it's, not, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's funny to think about. It's like it's, Smith had the game that she had and then like to sort of like that, that that just comes to mind with like you had those kind of like number one team in the world type of problems. Mm-hmm. It's like that is where uh, the areas in which they're like, we're going to try to target this or go over this. I mean, like even listening to Andonowski in the post game comments, like after this particular match, like it was like, Hey, like we just won four zero, but we got to go back and review this game. We got to go back and review it because there are going to be things that we're going to have to look at and work on. And it's like, you, you don't anticipate that maybe a ton of other programs might maybe have that type of mentality, but this, mm-hmm. this one does, you know, and I do yeah. wonder I'm with you in terms of the rotation that we're going to, potentially see from game one to game two i mean like do you you know do you make becky sarban have like another you know 90 minute game against nigeria you know and i'm curious about that because i i too like i think back to the preview that we did of these two matches we we both said like hey we really want to see girma getting some time in these games so i am curious if that's something that's going to be looked at. I mean, there's a number, there's a number of players on here that you're looking at. where are just like, is, is player a B or C going to go another, like have another like second consecutive 90 minute game. Like whether it's like a, a Sauerbrunn or, or, or a Sullivan, right. We saw Haran Smith, Morgan, mm-hmm. Pew, uh, Lavelle, like these players come off, you know, obviously at a, a certain schedule time, does that also make way or pave way or mean that players like purse or players like Rapino, you know, or Sanchez or, um, you know, a Girma, like we're saying, are these the players that are going to be tasked with the start coming off of this type of win that the team, um, just had so those things I'm I'm curious about because it's like there's this combination of like yes you you want to have these players together making sure they're continuing to get um as many minutes under their belt and having that type of establishing that type of chemistry in the lead up to the World Cup while also keeping an eye on those matches ahead of you mm-hmm. like they have the the game, yeah. you know the games in Europe coming up while also keeping an eye on players who might be returning into the fold you know from back from injury and returning to leave like like Crystal Dunn is someone who's been in, been participating in a you know in trainings here so there's like all these things and decisions that like you probably have to take a look at in terms of the landscapes of things if you're the coaching staff I'm uh you know not MV- 
envious of their position on no. how to make those decisions. We get to come here on the show and, and question them and, and think about them hypothetically. But um, I'm eager to see uh, that in particular, that if that right. immediate change is going to happen, like who are the players who are not going to be tasked with going in a second consecutive 90 minutes, you know? I mean, I mean you mentioned a player like Becky Sauerbronn, like she can for sure do it, but it, is it, it's more about giving the opportunity to yeah. Naomi Gurma and like, can you, she you play? Already saw, yeah. You already right. saw Becky Sauer run against, against Nigeria for a whole right. 90 minutes. You saw the scoreline. It's like, do you need to see that again? So yes. uh, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about that. And uh, I'm hopeful that it's the latter so that we get to see, I know, so me too. To see, uh, you know, Girma, uh in action. Um, for but sure. But the, in this second match, there are some notables. Alex Morgan sits on 119 goals right now. So if she scores in the second match, she'll be at 120. Mallory Pugh, she um, all time with the U.S. She has 24 goals and 27 assists. So she's right on the cusp of scoring 25 goals, 25 assists. Um, over 25 assists in her U.S. career before the age of 25. I think she turns 25 in April. So she has a couple more matches to do it for the U.S., but those are just a number of um, like notables that heading into this game for fans to keep an eye on. All right. We'll be keeping an eye on it, too, in case we you know have I to... like my stats, Sandra. <laughs> we'll be keeping an eye on that, too, in case we need to, you know, chat about it in, in the next uh, episode, uh, because we're going to pivot a little bit into some uh, other recaps uh, across NWSL. We're going to get into those matches that did take place over the weekend right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's get into some NWSL action here. Before we do a quick reminder, we want to remind you all about the Women's Super League. It's on Paramount+. Plus. You can stay tuned for upcoming Attacking Third episodes all about the Women's Super League. We're going to have uh, a 101 episode for you, which I do believe you can already access mm -hmm. in case you need to get caught up to date. And we're going to have a really good episode coming out with Sophie Lawson, uh, you know, taking a little bit of a deeper dive across uh, WSL. So make sure that uh, you tune in for those episodes. Let's talk a little bit about the one NWSL regular season fixture that took place <laughs> this weekend because there was one. We had New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC versus North Carolina Courage. This was technically match day three between these two sides. This was a makeup game that finally was played here in September because this match uh, was originally scheduled to be played May 14th. Believe this was supposed to be Gotham FC's home opener, but unfortunately, 
this match was postponed due to COVID-19 protocols. Both teams at the time had a slew of players um, impacted by COVID-19 and were unable to participate. So uh, the clubs and the league made the decision to sort of postpone this one. So two two different teams in two completely different areas of the season. We're talking about May to September, just a lot of different energy around this match. Lisa, and we talked a little bit about that during the preview. We're like, what, what are we even going to see uh, from this match? How, how can it, how can things shake out? I was torn about it. I was like, I don't know. This might actually have the makings of a draw. Who knows yeah. what, what type of soccer we're going to see in this game? Uh, but I, I believe, if memory serves me correct, we both went with with courage in this one. We did. We both went with North Carolina. But you were very, very much on the bubble of a draw. And um, honestly, watching this match, I was like, "This is going to be a draw because <laughs> neither team could break through." No, no, you're you're right. I I did have have those feelings when uh, when I was watching it. I was just like, I believe at one point just sort of watching it and reacting in real time. I was like, oh man, this is really a little bit of, of a, of a grinder. We'll just call it that. I don't know if I would call it necessarily a, a slugfest because it's not, it's not a match that I, you know, it wasn't necessarily like super chippy or, or, mm-hmm. or choppy or physical uh, by those means. It just sort of had, I think when I was reacting to it live, I was like, geez, I'm like, this has the, the energy of like Sunday scaries and a midweek match all rolled on into a holiday one weekend <laughs> on a holiday <laughs> Weekend when this game shouldn't have been played over international yeah. break when there was players so missing. many players missing. Uh, no, I, I hear you. I think it's one of those games where we saw, you know, a definite, you know, a first half that just was really like, let's sort of feel each other out, go mm-hmm. back and forth. Let's try to get, you know, let's try to like sort of establish tempo, but then it wasn't really established. And then we, then we finally saw some things pick up a little bit in in the second half perhaps you know maybe that can be attributed to the fact that you know there were substitutions that were made and maybe you're rotating players out and you're getting um you know different looks or uh you know different type of energy on the pitch but it did for 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 80 minutes for 80 minutes this game looked as if it was headed towards a zero zero draw it had that written all over this game but uh that changed in the 81st minute Fuganagano was just going ahead and and getting this goal uh you know getting the lone goal in, in this match the breakthrough and I think that maybe sort of tells you a little bit all about this match that it, it took it took until the 81st minute to get not only the game the winner but the actual breakthrough goal um uh, in, in, in this one. Um, and I think I, I gotta say, like I, I watching it happen in real time, Lisa, I still, th- I was like, God, this is like, just, it's agonizing oh, at God, yes. for, for, for Gotham. You know, at first it was like, okay, we're heading towards not a loss energy here for, for Gotham, but, but it ends up, uh, it ends up folding out and folding I- out that way for them. And the fact that you, I mean, yes, North Carolina ended up getting this goal in the 81st minute. Um, Nagano still credited with it. It's not an yeah. own goal, even though it was deflected. At first, um, I think people were like, maybe it's going to be an own goal. But but, but no, the way for anyone like questioning that, the way an own goal works is if the initial shot is not directed towards the goal and then the ball gets redeflected and it changes direction to now be on goal, then it's an own goal. But um, this shot was going for the corner. It was going to be in. So it's not an own goal. So that's great for Nagano, right? That she gets accredited with the goal. Huge for them. But 
it, I mean, you, you just mentioned it. Gotham suffering their eight straight loss. They're they're struggling right now. They yeah, um, suffered with really bad giveaways. They could not build out of the back. They were struggling to connect and build. Um, a Krieger, Ali Krieger was playing higher up in the six, but with with Gotham without Ifyomano Manu up top, she's playing with Nigeria right now. Margaret Purse and and Christy Mewis away with the U.S. Um, Pickett, Victoria Pickett got her first start with this Gotham side in the midfield. I think she had a fantastic game. I frankly, I love Taylor Smith in the outside back oh role. I, I do. This is, I, I know, I think we talked about it last week when Gotham played and she was a defender for so many years. And then she got switched around into that front line, playing a little bit there with North Carolina. And then with Gotham, when she initially got picked up by the New Jersey, New York team. And now Humenzi slotting her into that back line. She plays so similarly to uh, Sophia Huerta and Emily Fox and just attacking that flank, having a, a nose for goal and a nose for crosses to get into their attacking end. And and I I love Taylor Smith in that outside back position. She does such a good job. I, I think it's one of these things right now where you're just, you know, it's it's towards the end of the season. You're, you're a last place team at this point. You had tried to, you know, avoid that for a certain period of time, but, you know, with Such a, loss, a bright spot for them. With, yeah, well, with this with the losses piling up, this is this is where they are now finding themselves in in, in the table. And I think at this point, you know, with an interim head coach, you're it's maybe just about trying, uh, you know, totally. some, some different things. And and maybe that was something where it's like the they recognize a player like Smith is giving them a lot of great things and practices and trainings and and doing a lot of good work for the team you know, during in-game scenarios, how are they going to figure out a way to try to keep some of these types of players all together on the pitch at the same time? And sometimes that that means moving and, and rotating some pieces around and um, seeing Smith, you know, in this one kind of go from top line, back line. It's, it's not a position that she's unfamiliar with, you no. know, either, you know, she's not, she's not, she's no stranger to playing up high and she's no stranger to playing, um, to playing low, but um I do wonder if this is, you know, maybe something where we're going to see, you know, a position where we're going to see her at for throughout the duration of the remainder of their uh, say, yeah. season. You know, if it is just about if it is about trying to get your best 11 players on the pitch again, trying to to move some things around. And then you have, you know, you're thinking about when players like Anamanu or, or Purse or, or, or Mewis, you know, come on back and, and rejoin the team. Like, how do you get all of these players um, together and maybe this is, was just like a, a preview of that of what we could see at Adam Menzies and, and his coaching staff moving moving forward. Um, I think if the, even if this game ends in a draw, Lisa, you're talking about an extra point. You're talking about maybe no, a different something. something. You're talking about maybe like okay, like here's a step right here's it's not the, the eighth straight loss for Gotham then at that point right, right? 13 overall on, on the season they you know it's that, like that losing streak for sure and and uh Gotham GM yell over Bush West putting out a bit of thoughts on Twitter after this match actually saying that yeah. um assuring everyone that we are not okay with this we don't want to be at the bottom of the table um yeah have faith in our future that we're building here. The GM is working with the ownership is working yeah. with the investors um, to, to really enhance their on field identity to match the rebrand that this club went through a year and a half ago. And, and she appreciates the patience of the fans and the players and the staff because they're building and they want to be the best and they're not happy with where they are right now. And I was like pretty impressed with that statement from a, a GM of a NWSL club. Yeah. We don't usually hear that usually 
the GMs are a little bit more passive in their um, criticism of their club that they they're yeah. the general manager of. But in terms of of North Carolina, this is their third win in four games. Oh. Diana Ordonez listed as questionable heading into this match, yeah. but she started, got significant minutes. Um, Caitlin Rowland, North Carolina goalkeeper, who stepped Shout in out. for Casey Murphy, huge. <laughs> Fantastic night for her. Um, five saves throughout this game. Michelle Betos had three, but I think the best one was the the Gotham chance on Victoria Pickett, Kawasumi yeah. chipping a little cross in and Pickett getting a great contact on a header, zipping it towards the net and rolling just huge, huge. Um, it, that was the best thing. And then the pressure from North Carolina, that's how they got their goal. It was a high press. Gotham couldn't clear it, and it fell to Nagano at the top of the box, deflected and really went in. Also, Tess Bodie, shout out to her. Great game. Very impressive. Getting shots and opportunities for North Carolina. That's the good thing about international windows. It allows yeah. other players, Nicole Baxter getting her second NWSL start with Gotham, Tess Bodie really stepping up, Caitlin Rowland. Um, it gives these other players a chance to really show themselves. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think if, if nothing, if nothing else comes out of, the, of this game for for Gotham, they they got to tinker around, you know, with, with players and, and sort of see what they're going to be getting out of these players for the remainder of their season. Um, you know, and then we got to hear from um, Yaliver Bush West, you know, after the game via, via Twitter, just sort of talking about those things. And it's, you know, it's 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 tough. And we're starting to see those positions, those types of roles, uh, former players in those roles specifically. And um, it's not easy. Like we've heard her say that as well this season, going from player to, to that administrative level. Like you see things differently when you're in, in those positions and change is not um, as quick as people want it to be. It, it's actually a, a, you know, it's a much longer process and it's a much different way of doing things. So it's, it was not for nothing. It was very cool to sort of sit here, take the time to want to, you know, make, make some public statements like that, you know, that the team are trying to, to work towards something bigger than maybe what the end result might be in this regular season. So we'll see what's next for Gotham FC and North Carolina coming out of, of this weekend. Before we close out, we just want to say a huge congratulations to the Mexican women's senior national team, Copa Angelina, the first edition of this match between uh, the Mexican women's senior national team and Angel City. Mexico taking this one, Lisa. They win two Zero. So a lot of excitement on uh, this match, and uh, I think uh, I think it delivered. Quite yeah. frankly, it was very very cool to be able to to watch the game, um, you know, on Teu de N and uh, be able to sort of see this the Spanish uh, language broadcast of that. A lot of excitement sure. in the stands. Um, a lot of excitement in the crowd. Um, made me excited. It was to almost like a home game for Mexico. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of the point, right? It's like, um, hopefully this will be the catalyst to some other cooler and better things for not just Angel City, but also Mexico's, uh, you know, women's national team. You know, we see in their men's program um, sort of the the elevated uh, hype around around their team, particularly in the United States. You know, there's all, always that running joke that that's America's favorite soccer team. Yeah. And we see this team constantly playing across, you know, stadiums in the United States. Maybe this is that next first step for the Mexican women's national team for, for them to also be included in uh, the Mexican Federation's plans for, um, you know, having games across the United States. You know, you got to have that first one, I think, to sort of set the tone. And then hopefully in the future, there will be more that we do know there will be one yeah. more iteration of Copa Angelina. But this one for now, they got to take home that really cool uh, trophy. Uh, and, uh, like, be this is great. This is great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact that this was such a success for Mexico, um, scoreless at the half, and then they end up notching to one of them actually an own goal. Yeah. Um, so double own goals potentially <laughs> this weekend in like NWSL teams that were competing, but Mexico <laughs> ends up getting the the insurance goal just moments later. And that was like fantastic yeah. to see, but they go and the talking about shout outs. Like let's Scarlett Cambeto's getting, getting of that course. one. Thing. We got to pull, we got to, we got to hit the plug again. Look, look, when the women's cup happened, a lot of people out here maybe got introduced to somebody like Scarlett Cambeto's for the first time with club America. And we were really amped to see that she got called into these national team camps because of the interview that we had with her on attacking third, where she talked about some of her personal goals was uh, getting back into the mix with the Mexican women's national national team so uh her sort of getting that uh, that go-ahead goal kind of securing the victory for uh mexico's uh, national team here really really cool cool time it definitely is so fun to see and and potentially like more of a home game <laughs> for yeah. for mexico than it was angel city but we did get to see a little bit of player rotation from freya coom's side we oh, saw yeah. uh the first appearance from ma vignola who who with yeah. angel city has been um dealing with a bit of an injury so uh, really positives to come out of both of these sides in the future to come for this little matchup that we have. Yeah, we'll see how Angel City kind of rolls out from this. We saw them come out of that exhibition game against Tigres Feminil, and they kind of came out with a little bit of uh, a little bit of swagger coming out of that. And they've been kind of hovering right around that that playoff position. They're still on the outside looking in, but they really are looking to make that leap. Maybe something like this, with the experience that they just had, will help propel them into that upper half of the table. But we'll see. Again, another thing that we'll have to keep an eye on for next week, and uh, we will be back. Quite frankly, to talk. About about all things NWSL and more. Thanks everybody for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, and listen for us. Uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcast. You can get them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and stay tuned for more Women's Super League content. We'll be back on Thursday with so much more. Please subscribe to us on YouTube to know whenever we go live. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.